on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Funny People is very dark and funny, doesn't get the balance right. Would this very long story work better as a TV series? Is Funny People some kind of precursor to comedians in cars getting coffee? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Pecker. Joining me for the last time, sadly, we have Trevor Scott here from Bitstorm. How are you doing? Hello. I'm sad that this is going to be the last time. I've really enjoyed all my all my times on this podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, for people who haven't seen, not that it's been like that broad, uh, widely broadcast, but we are ending Comedy Rewind after... 80-something, 90-something episodes, whatever it is. Uh, this is, I think this is the second last episode. We'll go out with a, a bang in a, in a few weeks. But um, Trevor's been one of my most reliable call-up guests, so I thought it'd be fitting to have you here uh, for the second last episode to do a film that I have been keen to talk about since we moved to the 2000s. But, mm. uh, you know, often it was like, okay, you know, a 90-minute bang is an easier thing to, to re-watch <laughs> than this uh, epic, almost two-and-a-half-hour uh, comedy in Funny People, but uh, you were the one that has been keen to do it the whole time, so it's, it's good to have you here. <laughs> uh, Glad so, to be here. So, this is, uh, so Funny People, 2009, it's, you know, an interesting film in a lot of ways. You've got, like, it's, you know, it's a Judd Apatow movie, he was a college roommate, of Adam Sandler, but I don't think, you know, I didn't fact, don't, you know, didn't fact check this, but I don't think he and Adam Sandler had done a movie together. Is not that the stage ring no. a bell? At least not in the sense of like Judd being like the guy on the project, you know, the the, the director yeah. and the the writer, everything, you know. Yeah, because this was his only, this was his third <clears throat> film, so you got right, you've got Forty um, Year Old Virgin, which was the first, and then Knocked Up. And then this, so yeah, yeah. and he'd been. In, I'm sure he'd been a producer on, on yeah, things like Super Bad and yeah. a lot of a lot of other things. But um, yeah, two two big uh, big names in Sandler and Rogan, kind of like a new generation meets old generation, and that's obviously a theme in the film as well. But um, it just it, there's something fun and kind of weird about seeing those two guys on screen together. Mm-hmm. If um, but it works. It's um, a really fun chemistry, and Sandler fits right in with that improv kind of group. Even though he's, t- to my knowledge, hasn't been involved with them since this movie as well. No, no. So it it, it feels it feels like this is his chance to sort of get out and and just try something that he doesn't. He's not very well known for, which is. You know, mm. improv isn't something that he's sort of known for. He's more known for the sketch comedy stuff from, yeah, from the Saturday Night Live and all that sort of stuff. And you know, his movies definitely didn't have that much uh, knowledge of the way of, well, at least of improv. You know, they're not well known for it. Yeah, that's right. And and I feel like up until Funny People, like I remember when this movie came out, thinking that it was like a a new direction for him. He had done, you know, obviously in the nineties was his big era for, for film success. And that continued in the early two thousands, maybe with, 
with box office success, but less so with critical success. And uh, I'm th- looking at the movies that came out just before this, and you had Click, Rain Over Me, which was a drama that actually gave mm-hmm. Judd the impression that he could pull off a role that's as serious as, as parts of this film are. Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. You don't mess with the Zohan. Uh, you know, that was kind of what he was appearing in leading up to this. So that they were very broad, very, yep. you know, like the movies that they're making fun of in Funny People, Redo and Merman. Like, <laughs> they're, along, they're along those lines. So it just felt like very self-aware for him to be in a, a role like this, didn't mm. it? Mm, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and for uh, Seth Rogen as well to be playing totally like the straight man he is a, a comedian in this film but to see him playing someone who's so different to the boisterous uh you know misogynistic types of of uh roles that he had usually played up until this point mm-hmm. uh, where he's this almost like shy kind of um introverted guy that really wants to have a go at comedy so i i enjoy, really enjoyed that change for him and even up to this date like when people say that Seth Rogen always plays the same kind of character. This is the character they're not yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just point back to this and you go, that is a totally different character. Norm- normally he'd be seen as, you know, almost the the Jonah Hill character. In, yes, in that's this, a good, like, good call, yeah. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's some fun to be had there with those guys playing against types even though Sandler's kind of playing himself that that in itself in a film is is different where he's not doing a goofy voice he's just playing a comedian and I really like that meta kind of approach to it and and one of the things that I dug about this movie when it came out as well was kind of that inside look at the world of comedians because that's something I've always been interested in this was before comedians in cars getting coffee so we didn't have so many insights of like what what are these guys like at home or uh when they're just sitting around chatting and there's there's a great um documentary i think it's called comedian that jerry seinfeld was involved with in the earlier 2000s but i hadn't seen that at this point so that was certainly a facet of this that i enjoyed oh definitely and um one of the things that i that i enjoyed comes back to Judd Apatow isn't afraid to actually spend time like and (laughs) and actually and actually you know spend time with each of the characters and and so that you actually get to know them instead of um pulling away where you know the joke has landed is like he lets it go a little bit longer just so that you can sort of see the reaction of Mm. of how the characters are actually you know, interacting and then he'll, he'll allow it to move on. That sort of does bring it out to the, the, um, the two and a half hours, but yeah, technically you could have just had that start part of the, part of the movie of just, um, you know, all the, all the going out and, and becoming a, a bigger success in, in comedy. And then, you know, he, he finally works out that he's not, he's not actually sick anymore. He's beat this thing. And that could have just been the movie, but then, mm. you know, adding in the the ex girlfriend and all that sort of stuff sort of makes it feel like this guy is still an asshole. Like he hasn't really learned anything. Yeah, it 
certainly makes it feel like two different movies in some ways, which can be good or bad depending on on the way that you uh, view these things. But we'll get to that shortly. Yep. Uh, this movie pretty cheap, seventy one million uh, budget, and sorry, it's, I, I might have these numbers the wrong way around. It was either seventy one and it made seventy six million, or it cost seventy six and it made seventy one. Either way you look at it, it's a pretty decent flop compared to, uh, you know... The 40-year-old version. And more yeah, the 40-year-old version or Superbad or Locked even or, Sandler's mm-hmm. films um, probably prior to this. I'm sure that they were more in the closer to the hundred or hundreds of millions. Um, I, I feel like the, the running time may have played a, a part in that for some people. Um, but yeah, I don't know why it didn't do better it's it's always hard to put your finger on and because i can't that's where i just kind of go well it must have been people thinking i don't want to watch a two and a half hour comedy yeah whereas i i came into it going i really loved 40 year old version i really loved knocked up let's give this a go like it may be maybe long and i came out of the out of the movie theater going wow i really really enjoyed that that was a a different film and more mm. like and watching it now, I'm actually in my 40s. Um, it's definitely felt uh, a little bit more harder hitting because I am a little bit, a little bit older, and you know, these, closer to death, clo- <laughs> closer to death than what I was then <laughs> when this movie we came all out. Are, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, with that in mind, where do you think this one's sitting on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, I'm thinking fresh. Um, cause I know the critics did, did enjoy it. Um, yeah. but I'll, I'll go, I don't know, 70. If only you'd been a bit cheekier and said 69. <laughs> very, very good guess. Very good yeah. guess. Um, I've got a couple of comments here. One, this one's from Rob's Movie Vault, who said, what the movie ends up saying is that some funny people will always be alone their artistic strengths and their personal flaws are two sides of the same coin. And I, I enjoy that comment because that is the kind of the message of the movie in some ways, um, which we'll talk to talk to a bit more later on. Like this is a very serious comedy. Like mm. there's, it's, 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 the comedy is in itself is dark and there's entire sections that have no laughs at all, or that something so serious is happening that it's difficult to kind of break out of that and and laugh. So, um, yeah, it, it it really walks that line, doesn't it? It really does. Um, thing is, I, watching it, I was I was never going. I'm not enjoying this film. I was actually going, oh wow, I forgot that you know we go through all yeah. these all the struggle, and then I'd laugh out loud again, and then uh-huh. you know then the next poignant scene comes up and then you're sort of dealing with, with their struggles while also having a, having a laugh at, at their stand-ups that they were... Like, their stand-up sets that they were doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then from our own Sydney Morning Herald, we've got a, a negative review that says, Funny People has some very funny moments, but don't expect a joke fest. I think we kind of just touched on that. And don't expect the tight film either. At two and a half hours, it's not one, but two films, and at least one of them shouldn't have been made. I think that... Um, <clears throat> yeah. 
it do, it really does take a turn after he gets better from cancer, where you, you kind of think, where's it going to go from here? And it's like, uh, we're going to take a trip up north and we're going to stay in like one location for like 40 minutes, it feels like, when, when they're just mm. at her house the whole time. And you're like, what what's going to happen? Where Where's this going to go? Um, then Eric Banner shows up and he breathes a lot of energy into it, mm. I think. Um, so it, it works for me, but you kind of it does feel a little bit <coughs> disjointed in that sense where like the first half of the movie is, you know, Jason Schwartzman and Jonah Hill and Aziz and Asari and like all these kind of characters popping up and they're yep. in the world of comedy and then it becomes very much like here's all this stuff about this guy's personal life that he's trying to sort out and his history and are they going to get back together and it, yeah it it's kind of two films and uh some people i can definitely understand looking at it like this guy does and saying it, it's it's not good yeah but fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not us that's not us yeah okay <clears throat> number one song when this movie released trevor you're pretty good at guessing these but let's see if you can do it one more oh, time oh god it's 2009 i've i've been hit by 2009 plenty of times before i'm just gonna go black eyed peas like and Ooh, i got very, a feeling very good guess if you were, <clears throat> if this movie came out two months earlier, then you'd be spot on. But ah, oh, Jesus it, Christ! <laughs> it came out in September instead, and the answer is Guy Sebastian. Like it like that. Hey, yeah, I like it like That's it. that. <laughs> so well, good on you, Guy. I, 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 remember that when we were talking about uh, role role models, like. I had a blind spot for 2009. Okay. Like, so I was thinking, it's got to be a Black Eyed Peas, like, because I know that they had a very busy year that year. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, it's like one of those things where they have like a, you know, three month stint at number one. So it's just mm. take a stab and, and you probably yeah. get lucky. <clears throat> I, I at least remembered from then, yeah. like, that Role Models was that damn Black Eyed Peas boom, boom, pow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they did have a good year. What have you done for me lately? Uh, let's start off with Sandler. Uh, did you watch Hustle on Netflix earlier this year? Um, I haven't got to that yet. Mm. Um, so Sandler's had this interesting mix of, you know, he's, he's made all these film deals with Netflix. Half of them are typical Sandler, Sandler kind of comedies. Tra- trash. Hubie Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Murder mystery. Not that that one wasn't. No, wasn't that too that bad. was that was actually really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, so he's working on a sequel to that actually. Oh, anyway, right. um, and then you get something like Uncut Gems a few years ago. Oh, that that's was like amazing. Yep, truly anxious. <laughs> um, and then Hustle fits in that category as well, where it's a bit more dramatic, but there's still a lot of comedy there. He plays like a basketball scout for the Philadelphia. 76ers and he's putting it all on the line to bring this guy over from Europe and it's very um if you're into sports at all it, it's a fun sports comedy but it's also got um a good bit of drama and a, a great performance uh from Adam Sandler so that and Uncut Gems like if you're looking at at, at um these choices that he's making it's interesting it's, he's kind of doing one for them one for me with the whole like uh the style of his Netflix movies, which is better than just putting out, you know, a thousand Zohan style comedies. Mm. Uh, Seth Rogen has been a very busy boy 
this is just what he's been producing. Okay, so the boys, <laughs> Invincible, yeah, uh, more seasons of those. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Okay. There's a, sos- there's a sausage party miniseries that's coming somewhere. There's yeah, a console. I, yeah, that is that is insane because it's like sausage party is one of those films that I have to keep on telling my son, no, you cannot watch this <laughs> because <laughs> it looks like a kid show, and having having to go through that again with a TV series is going to be really annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like Big Mouth, where I can see kids thinking like, "Oh yeah, this is for me," but no, it's not for you. It's no. about you, <laughs> uh, and it's for you when you're a bit older. Uh, then there's <laughs> the Console Wars miniseries, which is based on uh, the, the the book by Blake J. Harris, and there was a documentary on that. It's it's the N- Nintendo versus Sega Console Wars of the '90s. So that um, being a, a dramatic feature would be pretty interesting to see mm-hmm. then there's a Darkwing Duck TV series which oh wow I think Darkwing Duck's an awesome cartoon so I'm glad to see that get the old like you know uh, DuckTales treatment of, of some kind of modern remake I think that could be really fun especially since he's a real like parody of, of Batman and, and some of those characters from that period it'd be cool to see what they can do with that now so that that's just what he's been producing. Uh, from the other side of things, we know that he's voicing Donkey Kong in the new Mario movie, mm-hmm. and he was in the Chip and Dale movie uh, that was on Disney Plus earlier this year as well. That was really funny. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, and he had uh, he was in the Tommy and Pam thing too. I think he. Oh yeah, of too. course he was. Yeah. So yeah, he he's he's a busy man and he's making a lot of money with his. Um, weed like paraphernalia products that he's trying to sell all the time too so yeah he's he's, he's doing very well I've, I've got to say the fact that he has moved more into uh doing television stuff like producing and yeah. yes there's still some stuff for um for movies and stuff like that but you know he's spent a lot more time in the television space and we're better off for it like yeah well that, that there's even like preacher and all this other stuff too but I, I haven't read the article, but there was a headline recently, like AV Club or something like that, where he was saying that, um, yeah, there's no cinema experience for comedy anymore. And he's basically right. Like, I can't remember the last time I went to a movie, uh, t- went to the movies to see a movie like this. It yeah. was probably This Is 40 in like 2013 or something. See, I still haven't seen that. I still well, need got- to see This Is yeah, 40. You do. And I'm like... Um, Trev, it might it might be longer than this movie. <laughs> it might be, but you know what? The, fa- the lo- fact that it so is the, the fact that it's Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann yeah. taking their characters from Knocked Up, and yeah, yeah. yeah, I really love that idea because they they were some of my favorite scenes in Knocked Up. So therefore, mm. you know, seeing that, but I've been holding off on that movie because it's like it's one of those things that I want to watch when, when I'm in a 40s. bit of a downer mood. <laughs> Because I know it'll perk my spirits right yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good idea. Um, let me know what you think once you've seen it, because I'm I'm curious. And the podcast is ending, so we'll never get to do. Well, you you weren't doing 2010s anyway. <laughs> I know. So. Uh, well, we, we, thing in, is, you're ending it for now. Yeah. Okay. Five years that. time, we may be back. <clears throat> in 2030, we'll come back and do the 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eric Banner was also in Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, so there you go. He played the, uh, what's his name, like Captain Jack or Kangaroo Jack mm. or whatever his name is. I can't remember now. Monterey um, Jack. Monterey Jack. Yeah, that guy. Uh, good on you, Eric. Uh, uh, Leslie Mann, she was in a Netflix movie called The Bubble, which looked kind of fun, but I don't think it was meant to be amazing. Jason Swartzman, who's fantastic in comedy. I, I just mm. love this dude. Um, he was in the Righteous Gemstones series with uh, Danny McBride. And there's a voice role for him in the Spider-Verse, into the Spider-Verse sequel that's coming out. I can't remember the title. Nice. But that shouldn't be too far away now, I think. Jonah Hill hasn't had a role, like a film role since Don't Look Up. But that was the last thing that I've seen him in. But that that was that was really funny. I really yeah, that. that was a that was a fun character for him to play. <clears throat> and then the last person I want to mention is Aubrey Plaza. This was her first film. Wow! Uh, and she, I, I heard her on like Conan O'Brien's podcast or something recently, and I believe she booked this movie and Parks and Recreation in the same week. And they were wow. both her. It was like her first TV show and her first movie, something something crazy like that. And she um, she was amazing in this. Like yeah. her persona was fully formed from day one. Like and I mean we'll 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 get into this later on, but I I think her her scenes throughout this whole film were just great and sort of she calls mm. people out on on their bullshit. Which is yes, very good. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember now. Is it? It was either like, it was either this movie and Scott Pilgrim, or it was Scott Pilgrim and Parks and Rec. It was some combination of Funny People, Parks and Rec, and Scott Pilgrim, where one of two of those three she got cast at the same time. Anyway, mm. don't quote me. Um, <clears throat> so she is um, in the upcoming Agatha Coven of Chaos. Disney Plus series, nice. uh, which takes place from, you know, those those characters in uh, WandaVision. And I don't know if you've been watching White Lotus, but she's in season two of that playing a more dramatic role. And she's really good in, in White Lotus, which I must give attention. it a, I must give it a watch then because yeah. it's, been, it's in, been on my radar. I just yeah, haven't watched it yet. There's too much it's, good stuff around. White Lotus is very clever and funny. So if anyone hasn't seen it, it's fantastic. Season two is a completely different cast, basically, from the first oh, season. Nice. And what's uh, that on? That's on, on Binge in, in Australia. Oh, well, that's probably why it hasn't been, like, one of my major things that I'm watching, because I don't yeah. have Binge. I've got, <laughs> I've got the other four. <laughs> Everything else, yeah. I, I, I got Binge to just catch up on a few shows that I wanted to watch, and I haven't got rid of it since, because it's too good. I'm just like... Oh, good. Oh, there's all this HBO stuff that I have never watched, so I'm gonna binge watch The Sopranos and The Wire and everything well, ma- else. Well, maybe what I have to do is get rid of um, probably get rid of Netflix because I'm not watching much on there right now, and just just do and a head one over for to binge one. for a while. Yeah, yeah, just do a you know drop one, pick up the other for a bit, and tag them in now. Yeah, because I watch so much stuff on Prime Video, I watch so much stuff on Disney Plus, I watch so much stuff on Stan that I'm like. Um, there's no time for Netflix right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Got to keep Stan around just so you can watch Lost whenever you feel like it. Yeah. 
Well, that that's on um that's on Disney now, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah, because it's, it's owned by ABC, so it should okay. be on there. Anyway. Uh, Trevor, what's the most 2000s moment of this film? The MySpace event. <laughs> it has um, to be. And the cute kitten video featuring Jonah Hill. <laughs> mm-hmm. That old That's, YouTube, that old yeah. YouTube like, it's fun, interface. It's fun seeing the old YouTube interface. It was like the, basically three years into YouTube's existence. And mm. the thing that I found funny is what's exactly the same and what's changed. Like there's, yeah. For all intents and purposes, like it's recognizable. It's yeah. way more recon- like if you compare that to what like Facebook would have looked like in two thousand nine. Oh, there's there's no comparison. Like, yeah, YouTube yeah. it it just knew what it what it had to do. There was obviously videos down the side. There was the big video box, and then they've just changed some of the um some of the <laughs> texture on the outside to make it a little bit yeah. cleaner. But yeah, oh my god, that that was one of the funniest moments. I remembered it as soon as the cat came up. I'm like, oh my god, Jonah Hill's about to turn up on the video. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it, but even like what he was saying was you just put cats in the video and you get like millions of hits and it's like yeah that's pretty much what YouTube was back then and what the internet was back then yeah 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 but that MySpace event oh my god that is that is one hundred percent a naughty's moment like, yeah just having like Tom from MySpace in the movie as well um, as someone that you're just supposed to recognize and know. Like that's that's huge. Um, the fact that MySpace existed, it could only have been in the two thousands because it didn't last much longer than this movie. Mm. In fact, I'm if I had to guess, I would have. I was surprised that it was still even a thing in two thousand nine, uh, but I guess they were hanging on. Uh, and the other thing that stood out to me, and I find that sometimes movies are a, a few years behind because. I guess they film and then, you know, editing takes a while and everything, yep. but there were, there were no iPhones in this movie. Did you see any iPhones? No, no. They were uh, all of the flip variety. Yeah, they were all flip phones. Um, even like Sam, like Sandless character George had that old mm. kind of phone and the iPhone came out in 07 or 08? Uh, 08. Seven in the states and oh eight here. I'm pretty sure. Yes, that that sounds right to me. Yeah. So it was, or it's oh eight oh nine here. Like it, it's it's something uh, weird. Uh, like it that. was. I, I I the first time I saw one was in two thousand and eight. So oh, I yeah. knew that it was at least then. I I, but, uh, I was in the original group getting an oh, iPhone. <laughs> as soon as it was announced I, in Australia, I ordered one. And yeah, I didn't get one till twenty ten, I believe. But anyway, um. It was weird to not see any iPhones when when you're talking about like the LA kind of you know celebrities and that kind of thing, which um, <clears throat> I'm glad it, it, that we didn't because it would have ruled out one of our categories later on in, in the podcast. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, those three I had the same things: MySpace, YouTube, Cats. Uh, most iconic scene. What do you have for this one? Um, I, I, I struggled with this, by the way. Okay. Uh, I've got three. Um, the AFL scene, because I, I just I just love Eric Banner. Uh-huh. See this little fucker. Dogs this yeah. fucker. <laughs> I just love that scene. It's so so fucking good. So that's yeah. um, that's one of my favourite scenes. Uh, All improv with, too. Yeah, when um when Ira first finds out about George dying, 
and you know he offers him the 50k to to kill him and all that sort of stuff i'm like oh my god i love this scene and um the last scene was well any time with the tall doctor like just because that was like he was that was just lit up lit up and you'll notice that these are all the funny scenes i didn't (laughs) didn't really go for the um for the more sad scenes yeah no that's a good call um so I wrote down three things. The first one I wrote down was Eric Banner explaining football. Mm-hmm. So we had that in common. Yep. Um, and there was just something fun about seeing representation as an Australian in a film this big. Seeing mm. the St Kilda, G- uh, Guernsey, seeing like. But it's before you even met Eric Banner, so yeah, you're just getting little little bits and little drabs of of yeah. you know that this is an australian and and then he shows up and he's watching the game and he's talking about the magpies and how he hates them <laughs> and it's like yeah that's 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 fantastic um and his the way he explained football the, the story is that he he chose to to play an australian character because it would be easier to improv um cuz he hadn't done it for years well yeah and people didn't even know that he was a comedic actor so i think the whole whereas like, in australia it, to us yeah. he wasn't he was a comedic actor and yeah. then he became a dramatic actor exactly um, the story to see his return to comedy with yeah. this movie basically because he'd just done like munich and all these kind of action movies before this mm. uh the story actually went that um judd uh hired um eric because uh, Adam and Seth looked up to looked up to him as as like this, and Physical admired him as, as this big star, yeah. like as an as an impo- oppo- well imposing sort of character. And then for him to come in and you know have some fun with with them and pl- play some comedy, like it yeah. just meant that they could um, really go all out. Yeah, it's 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 the kind of role that if it wasn't Eric Banner, it would have to be someone like Vin Diesel or someone who's a bit like physically imposing because there's a whole section where he's chasing them around and tackling them mm. and it's two on one basically and you have to believe that they're not gonna take him down <laughs> yep yep and there's never a moment where you think that's possible no definitely uh, not <laughs> so the other two that i had were the thanksgiving scene um it's just yep. full of these great little quips and awkward moments um uh, whether it's like uh, the the fact that George is there as a celebrity and everyone's kind of like fawning over him and him being very much over it, and then him like identifying awkward moment between uh, Daisy and Ira, and yeah. th- then there's the whole like h- him asking Jonah Hill's character why he didn't want to work for him, so that starts a fight outside, yeah. and <laughs> it's just got all these fun little dramatic little arguments uh, that that make it a fun time, and and it, ends kind of nicely with a speech from George where he's like, this here is going to be the most memorable Thanksgiving of your life. And you can kind of watch it and go, yeah, I, I can remember being that age and just hanging out with my friends and missing my family because I was not near them, but having these really memorable times and shared experiences with young people and yeah. I connected with that for sure. Yeah, great choice. The last one I had was just, this is kind of a general thing, but like the stand-up comedy club moments where mm. it was just snippets here and there. 
<clears throat> of either George or Ira or, you know, Jonah Hill's character doing stand-up <clears throat> and knowing that the approach to, to that was that they each actually just were told by Judd to write their own comedy and then they just filmed it in a bunch of different nightclubs over, you know, several different days. So, you know, nothing scripted, audience reactions were real. Yeah. The audience may not have even known that they were in character. I'm not sure. They probably explained that it was, you know, taping for a film, but they wouldn't have known anything about the characters or anything. Mm. So, it's it's um it 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 adds a, a layer of realism and authenticity to a story that has to have has to nail that part of it and I think that they really did with with that kind of backstage vibe as well. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So what do you think holds up the best? Any scene with Eric Banner. <laughs> <laughs> like 100%. Um he he is just, funny. just he is just going off the wall. Um and and you're right. Like the stand-up scenes except for the first one. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the first one with Ira because I'm like that that one to me is what supposedly got him the job but it was him at his worst like all he was doing is just making fun of George and it wasn't even that funny whereas his later ones were actually really quite funny and it's like well it would have been good to add in some actual funny scenes because I'm like how did this guy get a job out of this <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of unusual that he got a phone call based on on that stuff cuz yeah. he yeah, like, first of all, George didn't seem that impressed mm. when it was happening. He wasn't standing there going, oh, yeah, that's actually quite funny. He was just, like, kind of taking it. And then at the end in the car park, like, in the parking lot, he said, like, yeah, you had to do that. You had to comment on it. But, yeah, the the, the fact that you'd think... You, you would think George Simmons... Is that his name? George Simmons? Yep. That he would know young comedians or he would have been in a film with a young writer or someone who he would hit up instead mm. of this random guy. So, yeah, looking back, they probably could have given him a few more killer lines in there to to show that he impressed George. But, yeah, I guess he was... Yeah. Maybe it was the desperation in, in the parking lot that he that he noticed. Yeah, but other than that, you know, all, all the, um, the uh, stand-up comedy was just great and and felt felt really good and this still still holds up really well um yeah. and of course Derek Banner he just um he he's literally my favorite character in this film like yeah he's pretty <clears throat> he's pretty hard to look past it's um it's one of those things where you kind of wish he did more comedy but he's just so good at at, at everything i guess mm. it makes me think like you know why haven't we had a movie with like him and Hugh Jackman or something like wouldn't that be something special? Like they can do the two guys who can pretty much do anything. That would be fantastic. Anyway, hit yep. me up, Hugh. <laughs> I'll, I'll write something for you. Um, <laughs> the thing that I had holding up the best was the very honest portrayal of the isolation of fame, because mm. that's a central theme here for for George. Is you know he's successful, he's famous, he's got you know he's rich gets any girl he wants, but he's miserable and he's depressed. And even with it, if you take the cancer 
part out of the film completely. Um, and he admits that he has no friends. Mm. You know, he has people that he hangs out with and cracks jokes, but none of these people, you know, Ray Romano, Eminem, Sarah Silverman, Andy Dick. <laughs> it's so great to see all these people and to see the interactions. And, and that's kind of what I was getting at before about like comedians in cars getting coffee. You're getting these insights into what kind of conversations these people might have. But none of those people he considered a friend as much as this person he just met and kind of forced to spend time with him um, by employing him. So I found that really depressing and sad, but you know, Judd's not someone that would just make that up. I'm sure that was based on his experience of being around famous people and comedians and seeing the sadness that a lot of them live with despite the mask, you know, of the clown or whatever. And yeah. um depressingly, uh it 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 actually reminded me of Robin Williams and going into what holds up the worst in, uh, in the next Robin question. Williams slitting his wrist joke is one of the worst things that this yeah. movie did. Um, yep. I literally... That's the only thing I had written down because it's for, like, that's what holds out. up the worst. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it was... It was five years before Robin Williams died, right? But yeah. Ira, for people that haven't seen the movie in a while, Ira is talking about how depressed George seemed when he bombed on stage just minutes earlier and he said Robin Williams is going to slit his wrists out here next so stick around or something like that um and for for people that don't know that's something that happened before Robin Williams hung himself mm. and you know it, it it's uh you know they didn't know that was going to happen and they no. probably didn't even know that Robin Williams was struggling with depression but it's just it just felt poignant, if that's the right word, to um, to mention something that literally was about to happen in a m- movie where they're commenting on how lonely and depressed some of these comedians Means are. are. Yeah. It's um is ac- it was accidentally too accurate, yeah. if that makes sense, and really tragic and terrible. But also watching it now, it gives you this new kind of appreciation for what the story they're trying to tell about George yeah. because it wouldn't seem an, like an insane thing for him to have those kind of dark thoughts as well if he didn't find some kind of light in his life whether it's Ira or you know his ex-girlfriend or a new relationship that, that helps him um, find a, 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 a new reason to be happy yeah <clears throat> what, do you, what do you think um yeah, I'm I'm hundred percent there. Like that's that's pretty much uh summing up all my thoughts exactly. Like, sure. <clears throat> yeah, it's um it it definitely when when that I, I forgot that that line was in there. So when he said it I was like, Whoa, oh. prophetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh I did have something else written down here for a little bit because mm-hmm. um you know, again, it was sort of going on with a little bit of misogyny and that sort of stuff, but then yes. they get called out on it, and it's like, you know what? That actually kind of brings it round to the other side. Like, Audrey Plaza, you know, her character comes back and goes, I didn't owe anything to you. Like, 
why are you allowed to go out and have sex and I'm yeah. not allowed to do that? Like, that's just, that's just double standards. And it's like, oh my God, you know, it's actually, it's been called out for what it is. And it feels like Seth Rogen's character actually grows from that. So it was like, that's actually not a bad thing anymore that, you know, it's a learning moment. <clears throat> yeah. He, he says like, I basically got mad that you cheated on me before we'd gone on a date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing that I thought was, it's fair for him, I think, to be mad at his friend, but not mad at her because she was, she didn't, yeah, she did not have any, she had not signed a contract with no. him of any form. <clears throat> I mean, they, that, they hadn't yeah. even had a conversation at this time. And, and that's what I really love about Daisy's character is she's, she's not going to take that shit. Like... Mm. She's going to call him out for it as the bullshit that it really is. But even then, like, I can kind of, I can kind of get where Jason, Jason Schwartzman's coming from as well. Like, you know, if, 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 you know, he didn't sleep with any girl that Ira liked, then he wouldn't be sleeping with anyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that I didn't like in that, in that, area of what they did was the conversation with um Swartzman's character and Ira the where 10 it was day like, thing <laughs> it, was, it was the 10 day thing where it was like basically and whether it was true or not because it did end up happening he was basically saying I can sleep with this woman whenever I want but I'm going to yeah. give you 10 days and then I'm going to do it yeah. and it's not it's not going to be a matter of like whether she wants to it's just going to be like it's going to happen mm. and that made it seem like Daisy was just like a passive passenger in his exploits. Yeah. And it did end up happening. Um, and that's, you know, uh, she expressed that she regretted it and she was drunk and whatever. So, I, you know, make of that what you will. But I think that um, the way that they were talking about her behind her back as if, she was, she was something that's where that's why I wrote down misogyny mm. originally uh, yeah, because it and, did feel very possessive yes and, and um I don't know that they necessarily resolved that side of it because yeah. Schwartzman's character from all from what we can tell he didn't learn anything um, no but or, um he was also you know not really that much of a friend of of Ira's really he was just there as a side funny character is what yeah. I kind of felt like. Yep, no, that's fair enough. They're, they're the only two things that I wrote down. Um, so, who would be most offended? Uh, I guess Robin Williams fans. Uh, some women probably don't like the way that <clears throat> this is portrayed. I wasn't offended as an Australian, even though there were some weird Oh jokes my God, about Leslie. Us. <laughs> actually, as an Australian, Leslie Mann's um, attempt of, of a, an accent. Yeah. was the funniest shit because it sounded nothing <laughs> like an Australian. She'd like occasionally hit a word that sounded half accurate and then she'd say something else that you just like... And I, I like to think that Eric Banner's improv there was like, what are you... He was basically like, what are you doing? This isn't funny. Like, this is mean. Like, I, I don't sound like that. And it's all just <laughs> like how you would react to someone that's basically turning you into a pirate character like she sounded like a pirate we don't sound like that uh -huh. yeah 
That was funny. Oh my God. Uh, so yeah, a pretty pretty inoffensive movie as far as Judd Apatow films go. I would say. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, I mean, look, look, a lot of a lot of the stand-up comedy, a lot of the talk between those comedians was misogynistic, but we got at kind of we got to see the other side of of that, as you mentioned, as well. So. Yeah, I guess I, over, I've, overall it was probably. I've, I've got to fine. say, compared to some of the other films that we've watched in the in the, yeah, two thousands, this, this is like so tame. It's still not hundred percent there yet, but it's it's so much closer than um, like most of the other films of the of the two thousands. Mm. Did did we get a couple? Were there a couple of gay slurs in this movie? As well, I'm trying to. There think. were possibly a couple, but it was they they weren't anywhere near as like um pre- uh, prevalent as as the other movies that we've we've watched. Yeah. So I know there's none that are sticking out in my sure. I, in my I thought head I would right have now. I thought I would have written that down if that happened, but anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> does this pass the internet relevancy test? No, no. I can't think of anything. No. It's not really. It doesn't get referenced really. It's not really living on in the uh, zeitgeist. It's one of these. I feel like this is a movie people probably forget exists. To be honest, mm. which is a shame. Yeah, because it's so funny. Yeah, it's about funny people. So it's very funny. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> would how would modern smartphones and social media change this movie? There's a scene where he's like kind of distracted on his phone. And he's like. George is getting texts from his agent or something. Mm. I think like <clears throat> there'd be way more of him like replying to DMs or like look at this photo this chick just sent me, you know, of taking a top off or whatever it yeah. is. Like there'd be a lot more of that and less um you did get people stopping him to take photos and some paparazzi and stuff, but it was all like camcorders and stuff, so yeah, way, way more smartphones, I guess. Yeah, but <coughs> I don't think it really changes the outcome of the movie. No, which yeah. is, um, yeah, it, it adds some adds some comedy to it, uh, and adds some additional scenes, but it wouldn't actually change the outcome. So, yeah. What did you think of Ira going to the airport to chase after uh, Leslie Mann's mm. character? That was such a weird. Yeah. thing it was like a panic move wasn't it because it was like i don't know if it's bad writing or just the character was just ugh, i don't know like what what's your read on that part um it actually didn't accomplish me, anything it, it didn't accomplish anything it sort of like it's almost what i'd call this movie's indiana jones moment because if you if you watch indiana jones and raiders of the lost ark if india wasn't in it Nothing would change if Ira didn't go to the um, if Ira didn't go to the airport. Nothing would change. Mm. Things that happened would still happen. Yeah, I just don't really know what he was hoping to come from it. Like he was going to stop her from breaking up with him, but like George still would have found out about it, and he yeah. still would have been mad at him. I don't know. It was just. Yeah, and why did he have to like? Why couldn't he have that conversation with her in front of George? Like, I don't know. It's just it, it just seems like a bit of a convenient way to get George mad at him 
yeah. in a weird in a weird way. Anyway, to have a, a three way fight at the end. <coughs> <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question is: Could you make funny people today? And what would the twenty twenty two version be? Trevor, my idea, apart from like, I guess it would be a little bit shorter, would be actually, no, let's not go shorter. Let's go longer. Let's make this into a Netflix series. Netflix series. That's exactly what I yeah. was thinking, that this would actually be an interesting thing of of seeing a, a actor slash ex-stand-up comedian who's mm. come up with, who's had this sort of diagnosis and watching it sort of go through and playing it almost like a like a mockumentary sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know that that to me would actually be something interesting, but I mean, <laughs> it'd be even better if if you if you didn't have someone being um, you know, uh, it'd be even better if you had someone who was sick <laughs> and you and you literally went with them. But oh, like a document, like a documentary, like, like an actual document. Okay, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, that would be. That would be an interesting thing. I mean, it would have to be. They decide. They probably would have to decide to film it after they get sick. But yeah, um, it's it, like, even just as like a comedy, like as a as a drama comedy. It's basically five episodes length, as it is. Like it's mm. almost two and a half hours. That could easily be five episodes. They could string it out a little bit longer, and um, <clears throat> perhaps the. The, the way this movie ends feels really sudden after such a long film they didn't take their time with the ending it was just kind of like you know they have this big fight where they tell each other what they really think about each other then you just see them bump into each other at the club and then George comes to meet Ira at the deli and says basically I'm sorry and here are the his feedback to your jokes that you asked me for before when I said we're not actually friends. So here's my way of showing, yes, we are friends. Yeah. It, and it happened really quickly. And it probably it could did. Have I would have liked to see that a little bit longer or see what happens after this. You know, see their friendship, you know, continue yeah. to evolve. And that's something that, right. a, um, that a miniseries could actually do. Yeah, definitely. And it wouldn't feel <clears throat> so like, it would still be like this guy's got cancer and he's going to get, He's going to die and people are going to find out and what's, you know, is he going to go on the Tonight Show and talk about it and whatever happens and then suddenly he's not sick anymore. I see that as like the probably <clears throat> three quarters of the way through the season mm-hmm. and then you got all this stuff happening with, you know, Leslie Mann and Eric Banner and there's probably like four, epi- four episodes to go but two episodes with her and then two more episodes to wrap it up. It could be like a eight episode arc and I think that would work pretty well <clears throat> especially um, at half an hour like little yeah. little chunks it would actually be longer but it would it would sit better over this whole journey yeah because there's also something you don't see which is George's life before the diagnosis like it basically mm. starts with you know we get the prank phone calls in college which is Jada Patel's actual home video footage and then he's on his way to the doctor doing the selfies with uh, people and he's quite happy. Then he gets the bad news. So you don't really get to see <clears throat> him being like a jerk to people or they don't show like he's got a strange relationship with his sister. They could have done 
a lot to establish him, but they yeah. obviously didn't have the time because it's two and a half hour movie. Well, there is, there is an uncut version of this or an unrated cut, like right. which is nuts that there's there's an extra like 400 seconds or something like that of, mm-hmm. of footage that wasn't in this one which is that's insane that's nearly another you yeah. know nearly another 10 minutes or whatever it's just <laughs> just over 5 or whatever but it's still like that's a lot of lot of extra footage to to add in I almost want to go back and watch that version now and see what the differences are and see if there's actually any extra stuff for that you get to see of why did he go to the doctors? Because when yeah. we we yeah. don't know why he's gone to the doctors and why we're following him sort of thing. Like, we just see that, yeah, he goes to the doctors and he's sick. Like, but... Yeah, you know. and we don't, we don't get to see as much of Ira's struggle to, in, in, in you know his poverty and all that kind of stuff like you could see I could have had a lot more of the Jonah Hill character I could have had more mm. of Aubrey Plaza and, and Jason Schwartzman if or even Rizza as like the guy at the deli like there's a lot of great characters in, in this movie and if they had time to breathe and well, if, become if, fully if it, fledged characters yeah. that would be if they didn't do the Leslie Mann thing and change locations then you would have maybe got like an extra 20 minutes of those comedian characters and that would have been fun but that's not the movie that this is so we got what we got and it would have it would work really well as a netflix series so uh who knows maybe once everyone's forgotten that this movie exists which seems to be happening already already happened like (laughs) i might as well just write it now uh and no one will will notice that uh it, it's uh, it's been done before. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of of uh, comedy, here's some useless trivia. Did you recognize Bo Burnham in this in this movie? No, I. He was I, there. <laughs> I'd seen something about it afterwards, saying that oh yeah, he was in this scene, you know, as this as this character. I'm like, wow, I didn't. Yeah. Didn't recognize so him. I noticed him in the segments we got of Yo Teach. He was like the high school jock in yeah. the Letterman jacket. Um, in the classroom, and then at the Thanksgiving party, he walks up to George and he's like, "I'm Bo." Like he uses his actual name, yeah. And he says, "I'm an actor," and George Simmons is like, "Oh, that's nice," and then just kind of like walks off. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I think Bo Burnham was like just starting to like pick up a bit of steam when this happened, so he probably Apatow probably came across him at a nightclub somewhere, at a at a comedy club somewhere. Uh, <clears throat> we're up to the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. This, uh, you know, there's a lot of great characters. There's a lot of great actors in this. There's a lot of great cameos in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I should just name some of them. Uh, Ray Romano. Yep. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I thought everybody loved you. <laughs> um, Ray Romano and Eminem, how they were going off yeah. against each other. It was just freaking yeah. hilarious a- Eminem not knowing who Ray Romano was even funnier um, yep. just, I feel like it's impossible not to have known who Ray Romano was in 2009 mm. um, I-, I put Jonah Hill down on here even though he's one of the main characters because he has less probably lines than than the others and he was always funny when he popped up I loved him like 
sneak sneaking into that phone call yeah. that he wasn't meant to be <laughs> oh, that's such a classic that, that's a very 2000s or 90s moment yeah. it's like being on the other phone line yeah um rizza from the uh f- f- from the Wu- is he in the wu-tang clan uh, yeah he he could yeah. be he was he was really good and um I should, I should know this rizza uh yeah in the Wu-Tang Clan pretty sure I gotta know this for sure before we move on mm-hmm. RZA Wu-Tang yeah yeah RZA he was the de facto leader of the hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan according to Wikipedia so I was nice. right um, he yeah the, the way that he was like, you're not funny. So if, <laughs> if if I come, you have to pay for me and you have to pay for my girlfriend. Yeah, that was pretty... I wish he was... You know, we only saw the deli at the start of the movie and the end and of the movie. And at the very end. But yeah. you feel like there was a friendship there, like... Yeah, definitely. Um, our, our Netflix version would have a lot more of him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Aziz Ansari, I thought was really funny whenever he showed up. His stand-up comedy was terrible um yes and he said that he he based the character on if um soldier boy the rapper was a comedian (laughs) so whatever that means i'm not sure (laughs) and i think judd loved his character so much that they made like internet webisodes or something about him wow like an extended thing that's online they also did webisodes of um, Yo Teach as well. I don't know if they're like <laughs> full length or like eight minutes long or whatever, but they're out there apparently. NBC wow. even like put it up on their website for some reason. The last guy that I wanted to nominate was Torsten Vogues, who plays the uh, German or Swedish yeah. Doctor Doctor Lars. Yeah, uh, he, he was hilarious. They call him Swiss in the movie, but he's actually a German actor, so... Right, yeah. Um, he was in uh, Big Lebowski as one of the nihilists, apparently, when I looked him up, so... Oh, nice. What a career, hey? Yeah. But yeah, the way that he had a, res- a, a funny response to each of George's jokes was really funny, and mm. I watched some of the like outtakes for this, which was... Not so much outtakes as much as like the improvised lines that didn't make it, and there were way more insults, and he always had like a funny, <laughs> awkward response. Um, yeah, to kind of sell or no sell the joke, and he was really good too. So I, I don't know who to give it to because I feel like each um, of these guys. I only only actually had one person down for this. Yep, who was it? And it was the it was the German doctor, like okay. uh, because he just as I said at the okay, start, yeah. he lit up every single scene. Um, that he was in, yeah, and, and he was my favorite. He was my favorite, like side character. Like anytime he came on, I knew that there was going to be something, something good, like in in the comedy. So yeah, a lot of the time it's like it's George being funny and him just selling it, and I think yep. that it still worked. Um, I, I wonder, did they explain why he changed doctors? Because at the start he gets the diagnosis from someone else. 
and then all, all no, of a they sudden didn't, they didn't explain it but may, maybe the guys went on holidays and then <laughs> he's like i'll keep on coming back to the german doctor because it's he um he's funny and he and he reminds me of um you know the guy from die hard <laughs> yeah it's a great reason to go to a doctor yeah i had a dentist who was austrian he, re- he reminded me of arnie so that was fun mm-hmm. um <laughs> Okay, is uh, Funny People still a good movie? I'm going to say yes, it's a little bit too long. It's kind of two different movies, but I don't care. It's still it's still fun. It's still fun. Like, um, I I actually like this movie even more than what I liked it before. So, and that's the sign of, of a good a good quality film. Like, that yeah. I, I came out of it this time actually enjoying it a lot more. So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, yep, it's a... It's a bit yeah. of a, like it's a... I'm kind of just putting this together, but there's, uh, and I, and you know, it's in this moment, I can't say which happened first, this movie or the first of, of these TV shows, but like there was a whole bunch of um, comedies that came to the small screen after, I think after this, that were about comedians in their mm. real, like playing versions of themselves like Louis C.K. and Masters, Master of None with Aziz. Oh, that and, was so good. Yeah, And uh, Mark Maron had one called Maron. And there's there's been a bunch of these kind of darker, gritty series um, that show this insight into Hollywood and, you know, the life of a comedian or the life of an actor or a, a series like Atlanta, it's the life of a rapper, but they have this dramatic edge to them mm. where they can experiment and do different things. And, I, you know, I feel like this was ahead of its time if it did indeed come out before Louis C.K.'s first um, season of his show because not saying that they were... that this influenced those, but I feel like one of... Like, this is It felt in very the same fresh vein. at the time. Yeah. And... To me, it still feels pretty, pretty fresh. And well, there's yeah. always a there's always a dramatic slant to these Apatow movies, but nothing as dark as this and no. real. Like this feels like such a slice of life in some ways. Like even though there's crazy stuff that happens, and there's an Australian tackling a comedian on his front lawn, like it still all feels like yeah, this could have happened. This like if Judd came out and said. This is a true story, um, and I based it on, you know, ex- something comedian. that actually happened to the to this. This comedian, happened, but this happened to Tim I, Allen. Like if he came out and said all this, I'd be like, I believe it. It feels yeah. real. Um, so yeah, that that's a credit to to him as the writer for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got written down here. It's not a laugh out loud funny movie. But yeah. I still really like it, and I still would recommend it to to people who are willing to give it a, a chance. Because, yeah. yeah, it's it's a it may be a dark movie, but it's also in light. It's also light and funny in parts, and yeah, and it ha- it ends with, you know, it ends on a on a, f- a feel good moment, I guess, mm. in, in that things do come around. It doesn't end on a dark note, and that's a pretty important thing when you have darkness in comedy, I think is to get through it. Um, and yeah, overall, if you can, 
if you can sit there for long enough, I'd say it's definitely worth a rewatch. Um, you get to see Seth Rogen being the skinniest he's ever been, besides probably Green Hornet. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I love that they make fun of him for being skinny, uh, because <laughs> you know that that was like real. <laughs> and like Jonah Hill saying, why'd you lose weight? You're not as funny anymore. <laughs> uh, that's probably something that he's had to deal with as well. Um, um, the- there, there, there was that comment about like Jonah Hill being the the fat version of Ira, which felt a little <laughs> bit mean, but also like. But that's a meta thing because he's. It's a meta thing playing, because they are so uh, well, similar. In, and- in Super Bad, he's playing Seth. Yeah. Like he's playing, he is playing the fat version of Seth. Yeah. Well, that is it. Uh, dear listeners, subscribe, share with your friends. You can grab your 8 bit merch over at shop8bit.net. If you want to help us out, you can kick some dollars over to 8-Bit at our Ko-fi page. That's ko-fi.com slash weare8bit. You can leave your reviews in Apple, Spotify, Podchaser. Maybe someone one day in the distant uh, future will dig up an architectural, not architectural, archaeological site and find your review for this podcast because, you know, the, the podcast is ending. We don't really need your reviews, but they will be a testament in time to the podcast. Uh, Trevor, where can people catch you and what have you been working on? So they can catch me at uh, Bitstorm. We're still running strong on there, over 300 episodes. You? Even though we seem to have lost the 300th episode, we never got the, never oh, got no. the audio for that. So I need to reach out to Brendan again <laughs> and see if I can get that. <laughs> Gosh, good luck. Yeah. Uh, we only got we got one audio stream on that one. So one day we may get that episode out, or it's lost to the ages. Didn't you record it over like three different days? No, it was just, we were going okay. to, and then we're like, nah. We're, okay. We always say, yeah, we're going to do all this stuff. And there's like, yeah, no, nah, we just didn't do yeah. it. So go check it at Bitstorm, podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. Um, and if you want to find me on the socials, uh, I'm Trev H. Scott on the soon-to-be-defunct Twitter, um, and <laughs> I think I'm Trev H. Scott at uh, gamedev.mastodon.com or whatever. <laughs> it's like I've joined Mastodon. I can't get on, get on Hive, Trev. Oh, I might you. get on Hive as well. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you'll be Trev. I, I know, I, I know all the um, all the game devs sort of went over to Mastodon, so that's why I was sort of heading over there, because that's who I'm interested in talking to most of the time. <laughs> I feel like the gaming community has switched to Hive, so yeah, yeah we'll, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we'll see which of these platforms lasts, which one gets hacked first, and which mm. one will still be standing in six months, but <laughs> anyway. After the, social, after the social media wars of the 2023s. <laughs> yes. Who's left standing? Uh, well, th- yeah. Thanks for being part of the podcast, Trevor. For I don't know, close to ten episodes, if not more than that. If by this point, I can't remember. Like we, we can't remember. At least, well, close when to when, it, when it comes back in five to eight years' time, you know, just ask me. I'll be you. I'll be your co-host. Just bring me in every sure. week. Like that's easy. Like, All right, we'll we'll do it that way. <laughs> you heard it. Here, you heard it here first. <laughs> It's always nice to have something to look forward to, so you can look forward to this coming back in eight years. When uh, you know, less if I'm, I can if I can talk, John, I win to it. <laughs> yeah, 
that you're much more likely to hear us doing our lost podcast before then. That's yeah, that's much, much more found a lost podcast coming soon yeah. to to eight bit. Yep, you heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> and of course, you can catch me on Twitter and everywhere, Hive and everywhere else at Johnny himself. <laughs> Your listeners, thank you once again for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Be kind.